0: Hello, I'm Ed Lattimore, a former professional heavyweight boxer and best-selling author of Sober Letters to My Drunken Self. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of looking in danger in the eye, the connection between addiction and loneliness, and how Mike Tyson inadvertently got me back into the boxing ring. Stay
1: tuned. Welcome back to this part four, which is the final part of the series we're doing here on curiosity bites for another delicious episode of curiosity bites with ed ed latimore Now, as we've we've talked about Ed, where he came from, his history, we've talked about forgiveness, we've talked about the Tyson connection, we've talked about looking danger in the eye, we've talked about who his father was, who his mother was, we've talked about forgiveness, we talked about looking for something better, we've talked a lot about addiction and recovering from addiction, and facing addiction and transfer of addiction, I mean, we have covered a lot of ground. And although um, Ed, as I said, is a retired heavyweight boxer who's still in wicked good shape, if you don't believe me, go look on his website um, or follow him on Twitter. And we're going to give you we'll make sure that people know all of those things at the end, too. But um, really what you're known for now is your writing and your coaching. Uh, and you've written um, for different uh, places, like uh, you wrote for Ryan Holiday's uh, blog, you've written for all kinds of, you know, um, uh, places like your, your folk, you were your featured in James Clear's uh, Atomic Habits. So, you know, your writing has really helped you get out there. Talk to us a bit about how you first found writing as a vehicle for you. How did that happen? Was that Um, something that was there when you were a kid or not?
0: Yeah, yeah. As, As a kid, I liked, you know, fiction. Still like fiction. But I like words. I really believe that understanding words is supremely valuable and very important because that's what we use to communicate. And the world is still run by humans. So until artificial intelligence you know does everything then you still have to interact with the person and even on your day-to-day you're going to have to interact with people that's never going to change so it's really important to to develop that that ability and skill to communicate with with Mm -hmm. the word all right and and I really fell in love with these these the idea of a blog back when blogging Mm -hmm. uh first first started, I said, oh, you know, you, you get a website, you put together, put, you put your stuff up, people like it or don't like it, you build a community around it, you build fans. Seems awesome, right? I started like three different kinds of blogs before I eventually got to EdLattimore.com, And each one, you know, you learn something, you emulate some people, you figure some things out. But the blog now, I said, but, my mistake before was I was trying to fit in to a certain niche or characteristic. I remember uh, the one blog was about, it was going to be just about fighting. And then the other one was going to be just about strategy. And then another one was going to be uh, just about dating and human dynamics. And all of these, you know, I have ideas and they, they fall off because because I realized something the best writing, in my opinion, anyhow, is when it is a representation of the person. Mm-hmm. You don't need to niche your writing into a category. Instead, write what's important to you. And that's the approach I took with at I did something that that now everyone, I think, is trying to do in one way or another. But I believe when I first started the site, maybe we're looking at now, eight years ago, that was different. I It's edlattimore.com and I'm gonna write about what I care about and what I'm mm-hmm. interested in and what's important to me. Because yeah, I feel like my life, yeah, there's stuff I wanna talk about. And, and I don't wanna just talk about it. This is the thing that I think a lot of people forget. If you just wanna write for the sake of writing, because you wanna put some words down and put your thoughts down, go journal, right? Mm -hmm. if you want to try and create something that is going to build fan base, then you have to, you have to provide some value one way or the other. And you got to figure out which, which value, which method of giving value most naturally aligns with what you've experienced and what you're trying to write. So whether you're trying to teach, whether you're trying to entertain, whether you're trying to, you know, pull, um, I guess, well, let's consolidate your experiences and put them into a, a digestible format for other people to learn from like one of the models of my blog is that i take what i learned the hard way and i break it down so you can learn it the easy way now that is kind of gods my writing i happen to get a great guy who designs all of my tech and all of the colors and stuff on my website all i do is put words up everything else you see on the site is, is up is from him and he gave me a really great great um tech suggestion like three years ago, but turns out it just works really well for everything I'm trying to do. He goes, you know, the algorithm really likes it when your pictures aren't used anywhere else. So you should probably use the pictures you take of your life. And I said, wow, that's perfect because I'm writing about what I've experienced in my life. I'm writing about what I know, where I think I can give value. You know, I, I I know a small, small, small amount of things, right? And I know an even smaller amount of those things really well. Let me write about those things, my experience and my perspective on those things, and whoever can get help can get help on And it's worked out very well. Some some of our best articles are the ones where I was, you know, like like my uh, how to quit, like simple title, how to quit porn, boom. That that article is, you know, when you look it up, I'm usually in the top three for for that, and you know, anything related to sobriety, big articles uh, and ranking there. Cause and on the article, all I wrote ten observations from two years of not drinking. I wrote that five years ago when I was at my two years sobriety mark, and people continue to get value from it the 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 article that's trending big in, in this um regard right now are some things you should know about going back to school at age 30 right it's it's not you know that that thing that everybody wants to know or that big marketable topic but that's not what i'm writing i'm writing what i know what mm-hmm. i can give all of my articles about boxing tend to, to do well and then part of that is the algorithm like like when you cross-reference me and, and my site yep. and my name comes up on Box Wreck. And all, they go, oh, this guy's got authority. He knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of other guys writing about boxing. But that's all I know. I know boxing.
1: Okay. Well, when you were a kid, did you write? Did you write essays? Oh, wow.
0: Around- <laughs> did, did I write? I used to get, this is crazy. This is back, you know, uh, there were no computer. Whatever computers. No. Like, people didn't have laptops. Like, they would never be doing this. I used to get in trouble for taking the reams of paper and taking them so I can have stuff to write on back home by myself. Mm. And, and so I've always been interested in writing. I think uh, someone gave a really interesting piece of advice. It might've been, this, uh, this sounds like James Altucher. I wanna give him credit for this. I think it was him, but he said, "You know, uh, what's going to make you happiest in life is if you can figure out a way, and I'm paraphrasing, cause I know you didn't say it like this, but if you can figure out a way to make money from what you loved doing when you were 10 years old.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And and what I loved doing was writing. Uh, And and not just writing, my my favorite I I was a video gamer, but I didn't like the shooters. I didn't like sports games, uh, even random adventures, not really, RPGs, the role-playing games, the ones where you basically sit there, press a button, a story comes up and then there's like turn-based battles. Those were interesting to me because I got to read a story. I got to be in a different world. I got to, I got to pick up. So, as a kid, did you write alive. fiction? I I had a few like little stories <laughs> that'll never,
1: you know, see the light of day. But I tried, yeah. So, so you had a love of words, a love of writing that was there early on. Where do you think that was birthed? I think that comes
0: from what my unique coping mechanism was. Well, okay, two parts. My unique coping mechanism, video games and staying away, that kept me from being in that's how I dealt with not really being a popular, Mm likable kid, at least till I was like 14 and I got into sports and everything. But also, oh, you know, we were talking about in other sections about the things that our parents do wrong. Well, one of the things my mom did right. I grew up thinking that it was a crime to ever harm a book like we used, to say, we used to say books are treasures in my house my mom used to always read i still remember we had we had a a, a tv stand with a bunch of vhs tapes and then she had all these books when she was a big stephen king dean Koons. Yep. Um i can't remember the, the 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 name of the author right now but i can see the um uh, the the logo and stuff. She she read a lot of books, but I remember Stephen King, Dan Coutts, and now she's reading a lot of James Patterson at home. And, and you know, I, I tried to get her in into Clough Custler, not really her cup of tea, but she read a lot. Mm-hmm. And so with, there were always books in the house. And then when I got to high school, this this gets, you know, it's funny because part of it gets muted out because I, I was around kids who, like, I just thought they were better writers, but turns out they just had a socioeconomic head start like mm-hmm. no other and then that really shows uh, sometimes. But on the other end, they made us read a lot of books in in high school and I didn't I didn't mind it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed you know just immer- I still to this day, one of my favorite ways to kill Tom is to read the fixture version of a story. I'm not mm-hmm. the guy that's always going to say the book is better because it's not always true. No, but if I have a chance to, I will read the book right. and immerse myself into it. My favorite writer right now, um, Michael Crichton, is probably all time. Mm-hmm. But I just discovered Leonard Elmore and some of his short stories. Fantastic stuff, um, and 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 it's led me. Someone who's like, if you like Leonard Elmore, you should check out. Some uh, polaniac, and I'm like, you know, I actually haven't read any of uh, polaniac stuff yet. Let me let me get into that. So, in
1: what is the pull? So, this is interesting for me. What is the pull in that writing? You know, and when you read that person's writing, what what is it about the way they write that is so delicious to you? That's so like, oh, Moorish.
0: Okay, efficiency. That is the big like, like the ability to do. The most you can with the fewest words possible. This is one of the reasons I never I never gotten a Stephen King. His books are too long. They don't they don't they don't pull me along. Michael though, man, I am like in the first chapter, and and the stuff he wrote under um his pen name John Lang, same style, very efficient, very quick. You read it, and and they have a sense of what to tell you and what not to tell you because part of a good book in my opinion a good story is you gotta let your imagination needs to do some work you got to be involved but you don't want your imagination to do too much work like like on the extreme it'd be like house and it's just a blank page (laughs) and you're trying to figure out how the house looks. But on the extreme, it's like, you know, and then he he walked down the stairs and turned the corner and went in and turned the stove on and turned it exactly to 320 valve. We don't need that much detail. But but right in the middle, he he came down and immediately turned on the stove. Okay. Somewhere in there, right? Is an example. And and one of the things I find that draws me into writing is when they say, as much as necessary and if they can get away with it even less and they let me be engaged and build the world of my mind and they're just kind of guiding me along
1: so that's fascinating for me because now i flip that on you and say okay so as a writer you know um very many of my friends uh, uh, i've talked about this and we've talked about it from both sides which is the best writer is a ruthless editor. I am not a ruthless editor. <laughs> I, 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 I love to write, I do write, I write every day, I b- love writing, but it's difficult for me to edit. I have to have an editor um, because I'm not sure, because everything is, uh, to use the term, for a writing term, which is every word is precious. Mm -hmm. and and you have to kill the precious right and so how do you kill the precious my 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 buddy jamie says you know you have to murder babies Uh, and that's how he refers to it it's like it's so (laughs) painful to pull it away are you are you able is that something you're good at are you good at
0: initially, I was terrible at it. In yeah. fact, um, if you look at the website right now, there's about 100 articles on there. But we probably took down over the, the, the past, they probably get rid of 850 of them. And when I say we, I mean, that's like 95% John, mm-hmm. uh, 5% me. And it, now that, that was early, now it's shifting. Now I take stuff down, or I go in and edit because I'm starting to learn, and I starting to, I I think I'm I'm pretty far along learning, but I always have more to learn. Uh, What makes something digestible and easy to read and easy to use? Because for me, at the end of the day, the goal is always clarity. What's happened is I just had a a worse idea of what clarity was prior to. And then as I learn and I see and I go, you know what? Okay, that edit was good. Okay. I didn't agree with that edit. Okay. I see why this 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 article's down. And and a thing I like to do is everything we take down we keep right. Yeah. Every now and then I'll go and look and I'll go, wow, that is just I can't believe I ever had that up there. How'd I get fans, man? But here's the here's the cool thing I learned, right? Um Naval Khan who's a, a pretty big uh we'll call him you know silicon valley guy influencer one of the reasons uh i get i, I have the audience i have is that one day uh naval stumbled upon my twitter who who stumbled on it i didn't catch the name uh naval robin naval robin right?
1: right uh, so,
0: and he's got a got a big following and he's he's known as a thinker, thinker right and he's just like, okay, this is great stuff. And he's sharing it. And what that taught me, that taught me something very valuable about writing, which is why your approach is going to be fine, I think, or is fine. As long as you focus on providing value the best you can, you make sure you're really trying to make sure, or you're you're really trying to make sure that people get something from you. Then you're going to do okay. Technically, it may not be executed the best way. But I find that if your heart's in the right place with writing, you tend to do okay. Because Lord knows some of those articles that he shared, like, like I don't think I remember when he shared about uh, gratitude, I had to go back and just rewrite that entire thing. It just wasn't good. It was, it was awful and and now it's a lot more readable and a lot more digestible but then but but he got something out of it and right he
1: thought it was worth sharing so you know obviously your your writing has become very popular um your book has done very well continually very well um sober letters to my drunken self is that correct yeah, yeah. so it's like the titanic
0: of the sober world right so
1: <laughs> that's become i mean it's a it's a. Rock solid base for so many. Talk to us about how the how the writing has transformed into now you teaching courses, coaching people, working with others, helping them with because you you on it seems to be on three fronts. Um, you know sobriety sobriety rather um, uh, mental emotional health and then over to um, actually writing and helping people to to get their message over. So Mm -hmm. how has your writing moved into you becoming a a coach and and a guy that people are like, yeah, I got to work with Ed?
0: So I I never, I did not set out to do coaching, right? No, I don't think anyone ever does. What happened is someone messaged me and, and the person who messaged me was relatively high profile. And to the point where I actually didn't believe him and, <laughs> Hey, you know, you do offer any coaching. I said, yeah. And this was back when I was just, you know, I was like, uh, sure. I, Bob, <laughs> I, I looked up who he was and I guess I said, $75 an hour. I was, <laughs> he was like, cool. I'm in. I was like, all right. But, but the, the, the reason why that client came to me and people have come to me since is the writing is a billboard it is an advertisement it's an advertisement of a few things it's an advertisement one of my life and everything i put up you know i link to external articles whenever i can to show i'm the real deal and by this point like google you can just type a name it and stuff comes up but the writing if you discover me with my writing i want you to look at it and at the very least go okay this guy knows what he's talking about and if i want to learn there's somebody I asked to talk to. Right. And so they see that in the sobriety stuff they see that in the articles about the little porn. They see that in the articles about writing I have a few articles about writing they and even if they didn't see the articles about writing they can see how I'm writing how I'm putting stuff out and they go this was good I understand this. let me trust this guy to work with me directly, let me buy one of his programs because he knows what he's talking about. And this is at the end of the day, like there's a very selfish reason to write, but but everything's a selfish reason, in my opinion. I think that there's no better like testament to who you are, what you can do, than just a body of work that exists independent of you. The website does the recruiting, you know, for me. The website, in fact, the website is the reason why I got into coaching. I wasn't trying to coach, but people were messaging, or hey, X, Y, Z. I see you wrote that. How can you help me? And I was like, okay, well, you know, what do they say when the, when the student's ready to uh, Teacher the, the teacher's ready, the student will appear. But like that, that works literally in reverse, man. Like, sure. well, when when you, when you're ready, you'll get a bunch of people showing yeah. up. And and you'll you'll be able to, to to do good things, do good things not just uh, for them, but also for for your your bottom line. So,
1: common. what what kind of what kind of people do you find are most attracted to working with you? You know, based on this, you know, the, we've covered here so this vast history of who you are and the many iterations that are at Lattimore. So. Well, who are the people who are most attracted to you? Do you find
0: um, people who, well, one, they have a problem. That's that's the big part. But but I think that anyone who has any type of life experience will look at me and and immediately recognize that that I'm not foolish shit. Mm-hmm. But like, like simple as that. Um, it, 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 as the sand on the street goes, "Real recognize real." If you've if you've been through anything in your life, you know you you, you kind of recognize a person who's who has experience and have gone through it. Like you ever see somebody write online and and they and they make a statement, and you just like this person is they they don't have like like I, their heart's in the right place, but they don't have experience, mm-hmm. and you can tell. Sure. And I think if a person has gone like, because what happened is like when I started coaching people and this was a little unusual for me, but they had, you know, like that, that well-known guy, this guy's older than me and he's got more success than me. Well, how can I help him? And I so saw him, I went a little intimidated. That's my first client. But then, uh, then working with him, I realized he's looking at the problems I've overcome. I said, if this guy can get through it, so can I. I worked with a guy who ended up get, uh, in his uh, senior year, at uh, UCF, University of Central Florida, senior year, um, and playing playing basketball, it worked with him in that was his best season, and he gets to the NBA. And I'm like, I don't know a thing about boxing, about uh, basketball. Basketball. And but 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 what what made his his people decide to work with me? Well. Because I figured out these things from 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 boxing, they they right. see the the life and they can go and see how there's a transition and how I got things under control. It it makes perfect sense. Work with a guy who was on um I, I guess that's technically Wall Street. Their the, their firm is in Boston.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, why do I why why they work with me? I don't deal with finance. Well, because the, the problems aren't financial that I'm I'm helping them. No. You know that the 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 problems are interpersonal and i think that if you look at my right hand and you look at the path i'm going through is that there's a there's a strong track record there's a great display of tackling interpersonal issues and you look at where i started versus where i am and you look at my life you go okay well at the very least you know something about about right, dealing right. with the hard things in life that a lot of people buckle into
1: you just talked about how these people uh, can appear to be more successful than you. And, and I think that that's a, a trap that we can fall into. Um, but there's an interesting piece in that, in that these people are, are saying to you, um, I may be more successful over here. But I need your help over there. And it is my belief with every fiber of my being that the most successful people in the world, the ones who are are the ones who are continuing to grow. And success may be a bigger bank account, but it's probably a lot more than that. Um, It's this commitment to evolving and growing and developing themselves as individuals. What are you still working on? What, you know, because I, you know, probably people looking at this, they're watching the show, they're listening, they're going, you know, wow, this guy's come through a lot. He's done amazing. He's done well. He's boxed, you know, he, he was uh, training uh, Tyson's competitor. I mean, you know, he's written up. He's been on James Altruer. He's been on these great shows. He's been featured in books, you know, wow. This guy's got all that in a bag of chips. And people tend to look at the end result, not. And this is why I love this show because we tend to go right through the entire journey, but the journey is not complete. And I like to say that about every guest: the journey is not complete, and there will be a point ten years down the road where this will be a midpoint. Right, ten years ago is a midpoint, but this is a midpoint. So, what are you still working on? What are you still still trying to get better at and clearer on? And. Um. A
0: few things that I think all center around roughly the same issue. I am like, like, believe it or not, I am somewhat of a terrible self-starter. I, I just don't do the like. I, I I'm not at the point where I need like the fire under my, you know, ass back against the wall. Like I work with a guy who's like, I mean, I can do these things, but I got to be like about to be evicted. Yeah. We're not there yet. Not even close. Right. But uh, for example, you know, the the pandemic hits this year and we moved back from Portugal. We were living over there and, and I was like, okay, we got to find a place to live. Let me, let me really put together and really start selling and working. And I I had had the best year ever by a fairly significant margin and and a big reason for that was not just getting a place but i kind of anticipated us turning into a single income a household because because my fiance is involved in travel and travel is dead yeah so it was like all right i gotta gotta step up and I, and I stepped up and stepped up in a big way and i was like why haven't i been doing this all along like nothing fundamentally changed like like I, I didn't create a new product I mean or really even a new offer I just went out and marketed and sold a little more I'm like, huh, I'm kinda chilling. That's the problem. And then I look at the 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 program I was talking about uh, building with you the Vice Breakers program where people are gonna be in and we're gonna really helping and, and dig deep on, on on the fundamental causes. That's been an idea for two years. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened is I had to pitch it to somebody else. And I go, if, you know, if you want to work on this, let's see what happens. And I looked at it and I was like, this is great. You know, all you've been doing is listening to me. And it turned out okay. But I, I didn't move on it. And right. so I, a lot of times I know I'm not as self-starting as I need to be. And, and you know, fortunately, it, it, it's not uh, debilitating because it could be worse. I've seen it worse. I've worked be wherever worse. But that's a big issue. Uh, so So there's that, the self-starting. Uh, I I I tend to have a little bit of shiny object syndrome. Uh, getting a lot better, like a lot better uh, this year. But even still, man, uh, I, I got like five different projects I'm working on. And I don't need to have five, man. And then when someone approaches me with something, sometimes I have a hard time saying no. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, here we go. Uh, here's another thing to do. I'm going to try and fit this in. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah, but yeah. but you you have to get those. Th- I've learned if I don't get that under control, I'm gonna hate how I feel, and and if I if I hate how I feel, then I'm not gonna perform well in other areas. So so I tend to take on too much. Uh, I'm not as much of a self starter as I should be. Uh, I should say no more often. But I, I've gotten really good. I mean, <laughs> I've gotten got really good at like. Not, and there's another thing too man people think I'm like I ignore everything uh not really I probably pay, I probably spend way too much time on social media mm-hmm. I've, in fact that's part of the reason why I've, I've I've had to figure out ways to profit from my time there yes because I said okay realistically I'm not gonna stop using this so let's mm-hmm. let's let's figure out how to how to use it to my benefit and that's where that comes from i I spent the now now one of the things i did we were talking about james clear is is i've been very fortunate in that that i can you know message james and james responds and, and stuff like that and when we were redesigning my website we were we were looking at people who did a good job and james was one of them and i looked at james and what he's done in terms of building himself up and James does not really use social media. Relative to me, James does not use social media. Like if you wanna look at it that way. But I mean, he's still on like, but he posts like three, four times a day. And it's always like stuff kind of from his book or all these ideas. And I said, you know, let me try and build myself uh, this way. So going forward, this is like what I'm I'm struggling with now is reducing the short kind of Twitter form, long form, and focusing on creating great newsletters great pieces from my, my blog, really creating lasting stuff that makes you think and that I can dive deep into and I'm not restricted by 280 characters and rewarded with a quick dopamine hit uh, with a notification from my phone. So so yeah, those, those, are, those are the big things I'm, I'm working and struggling with right now.
1: Yeah, and as I said, I think that it's really important for us all to realize that we're all constantly in a state of evolution and it's really important for us to recognize that about ourselves that nobody's there there is no there and i really appreciate all that you've shared with us it's been really quite wonderful thank you so much ed um and i am very very grateful for everything that you've shared uh we probably could go on for another couple of hours but we won't <laughs> <laughs> So. Um, with that, you know, one of the things I want to do is uh, I want to ask you to please let our audience know where they can find out more about you, about your uh, your books and your, and all the services that you offer and all of your resources. So
0: fortunately or unfortunately, I guess, for anybody born after me with the name Ed Lattimore who wants to do the internet thing, they're going to have to wait till I die or something because I'm Ed <laughs> Lattimore everywhere. My... <laughs> My website is at Lattimore.com. My Twitter handle is at Lattimore. My Instagram handle is at Lattimore. My Facebook is at Lattimore. My LinkedIn is at Lattimore. And I am extremely responsive no matter how you reach out to me because I, am, I, I never forget the reason why anyone cares what I have to say is because people follow me and care about what I have to say. It becomes a kind of self-iterative uh, loop. And, and I never forget that every person is a part of that. So my way of giving back, it, like my, my, a lot of people close their DMs. I'm like, nope, no way. Every now and then you, you get some riffraff that comes in there with some nonsense or, or spam bot, <laughs> but, but that does not outweigh the, the, the contributions I'm able to make directly when I talk to people.
1: Fabulous. And the, uh, tell people again, the names of the books so they can go on Amazon and find those books too. Sober Letters to My Drunken Self is the one
0: about sobriety and that's the one I'm really uh, proud of and I promote heavy. We were talking about your evolution as a writer. My first self-published book, not caring what other people think is a superpower, uh, insights from a heavyweight boxer. Yeah, that's one of those things you look at and you go, man, I've come a long way. So people still get a a lot out of it though. And let's be, let. there's like a final parting lesson for would-be writers. I self published that book with no budget. Compared to sober letters it cost me about 4 grand but, the, but at this point I like had people and I knew people. But uh I self published sober letters with no budget. I did the best I could editing. There's still uh, a decent amount of unfortunate typos in there but the value is still there and it continue. I'm, I'm amazed that it still sells every day and there's still a new review like every other day and it just keeps building up and people get a lot out of it. So I, I was I was going to go back and like re, re-release it uh, and I, I probably still will, but I'm really just amazed and I want that to be the lesson to all would-be writers. Focus on the value and the rest tends to take care of itself.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Ed, I want to thank you for being with us. It's been a pleasure and an honor, sir. It really has. It's been a wonderful conversation. I think there's a lot in here for everybody, a lot of clarity and a lot of really understanding what the journey is. So thank you for your courage. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you for your vulnerability. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you having me more than you know. Thank you so much. And for you, dear listener, remember, as we said before, that you can join us in this conversation by going to Facebook, finding our Facebook group, which is called Curiosity Bites. You can also, uh, we love it, love, love, love it. When you rate, review, and subscribe to the show, share it with other people. Listen, if you've gotten anything out of this, don't hoard it. Do yourself a favor. Be generous. Get it out there. Maybe there's somebody you know who is an aspiring writer maybe there's somebody you know who's dealing with addiction um you know or or coming from a background and thinking that that's who they are share that share the show with them it will help them a lot i want to thank you for tuning in and until next time stay curious my friends stay curious